Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 2 of our pre-World Cup lineup. If you haven't already, please check out our last episode where we talked about groups A and B, which released on Thursday. Today, I'm joined with Alex Ipoke. Hello Kieran, very pleased to be back uh, on episode 2 of this uh, pre-World Cup lineup. Uh, so today is a special episode since we're going to be talking about uh, probably the future World Cup winner, France. Uh, so we're going to be talking about group C and group D. So Group C, Group of France, and Group G, probably the most uh, interesting group uh, of this World Cup. So Kieran, we're going to start with Group C. What are your thoughts on this group? Who do, do you think France is going to top it easily? Or do you have a little surprise for us? Oh yeah, this group is kind of interesting. Um, as you mentioned there, France kind of looking like they'll top that group quite easily, unfortunately. Um, I feel like their depth um, within their squad and just their run-up through qualification has been pretty impressive. Um, so I think they'll be they'll do pretty well to top that group and go quite far in the tournament, to be honest. But where this group gets kind of interesting is around that second spot because those three teams remaining, Australia, Peru, and Denmark, seem to be pretty close in quality. Um, for my money, though, I would put it on Denmark. Um, I think that solid spine um, of players that they have going from Schmeichel and then Kier going down the line to Jorgensen and of course Christian Eriksen. I think that could be something that the Danish manager could really play on and sort of take that into success in this group stage. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Denmark looks pretty strong. They look like a very balanced team. Uh, I would have to go with Peru though for second for second spot. I do agree. I think France is gonna top it. Uh, not maybe not as easily as people think because France never really does that well in the group stage. Um, I, I mean, I don't remember any time uh, that we've won all three games, whether the Euro or the World Cup. We usually always uh, draw or lose at least one. Um, but yeah, I, I see Peru finishing second. I feel like they're pretty close to Denmark, but the difference is that Denmark has a few uh, big players uh, in terms of just individual talents. I mean, you mentioned like Schmeichel, uh, Eriksen, players like that. Uh, but what differentiates Peru, I feel, is just the like the overall like team spirit and the whole vibe around this team. Uh, they haven't. It's the first time they made the World Cup in 24, 28 years, and there's like a huge hype around this team, and you can feel it. They look super motivated. Last uh, last week in a friendly against Saudi Arabia, they easily won three 0 uh, Guerrero scored. They look like a team with a real like team spirit, a team that plays super well together, and they kind of remind me of what Iceland did at the Euro uh, in twenty sixteen, uh, like a small team that no one really expects, uh, but is that is so strong uh, defensively and offensively as like a few. Uh, a few target players as well and also like i mean in th in the qualification stage uh, they've been really impressive almost finishing in front of argentina they ended up finishing fifth but south america is probably the, the hardest qualification zone and they've managed to to get through so i i really think they have a huge chance uh, in this group yeah that's pretty interesting i mean mentioning that surge mentality of peru is definitely something that i see could um, kind of take them to that next level but the only issue I have with Peru is that um, historically it's been kind of difficult for South American teams to perform um, in in Europe like when the World Cup is in a European country so do you think they'll, that will really play as much of a part for this Peru team or do you think they'll kind of be able to overcome that obstacle? It could play a role I, just, I don't see it as a decisive factor though um, 
and I don't think anyone will use that excuse if they if they don't make it through. Definitely, I'm sure even in their home country of Peru with the high altitude, they'll do much worse than the calm stadium of uh, Russia. Mm-hmm. But um, another interesting point that you mentioned there is France's um, inability to do really well in the group stage. Um, as a French supporter yourself, what what does this French team really need to do to be successful in this tournament, obviously starting from the group stage? Uh, I think the biggest point of interrogation France has right now is the defense. Uh, up front, I think we're probably in the top two, top three uh, most talented squad in, in the world easily. Uh, our midfield is also really strong. We've got different options. The main problem that I see for France is the defense. Um, offensively and in the midfield, as I said, we can adapt to pretty much any team we're playing against. We've got so many different options with like a wide uh, range of different players that play in, like the best club in, in the world. Uh, the defense scares me a little uh, for a few reasons. First of all, we just lost Koscielny on injury or like about a month ago. Uh, he was going to be one of our top three uh, centre-backs with Umtiti and Varane. Now it's just Umtiti and Varane who are both really good. They play in the two of the best clubs in Europe but they're just not as consistent as Koscielny has been, both with Arsenal and France. And he brings a lot of experience. He's, I think, 31 years old. He, he, he brings more experience than both of those young players. And I feel like a player like Varane, who's our vice-captain, really needs someone a more experienced centre-back at his size to really play the best he can. He was amazing during the, the season with Madrid, especially during the Champions League final. He was the best defender for me uh, in Real Madrid, but I think that's because Ramos was here and when he plays with guys like Ramos, Koscielny, he feels safe. But he, when he's kind of like the leader of the defense, I don't think he's got what it takes yet to just up his game and, and be the true leader of the defense. Another problem I have or worry is Lloris. He on, on a good day, he can be the best keeper in the world, uh, but he's had some <laughs> pretty big fuck-ups in the past. Um, and and especially this season, it's been more and more frequent. I mean, he saved us quite a lot in the past. In the f- uh, with the French squad, he's never made any huge mistakes, uh, except one against Sweden, that uh, where we ended up losing the game during the qualifications. But in the World Cup and Euro, he's always been there. So that's why I don't see that as the major risk, but just the possibility that he could cost us a few. But then up front and yeah, in the midfield, we have so much potential mm. that. I feel like we'll easily get through the, the group stage uh, and then yeah, we'll see how far it takes us. Ooh, some exciting yeah. times for French supporters all over the world, I'm sure. Now, moving on to Group D. Um, this group is incredibly interesting, one of the most strongest groups in the competition so far with um, Argentina, Iceland, Croatia, and Nigeria. Um, so, Alexi, how do you see this group playing out? Mm, good question. Um, it's I see three teams battling for uh, the first two spots, and that's Argentina, obviously, Croatia, and Nigeria. Iceland's not going to be ridiculous uh, against those three teams. During qualification, they showed they were a really good team because they finished in front of Croatia. They're in the same group again, and yeah, Iceland finished first. But during the World Cup, I think that Croatia's experience will allow them to finish in top of Iceland and even at the top of the group. I see Croatia topping the group and I see Argentina finishing second. The reason why is that I think Argentina ever since, I mean, for the past four or five years, they made the uh, Copa final twice, they've lost twice. 
they made the World Cup final, they've lost that. And the only reason they made it to the World Cup this time was because of Messi. Without Messi, they're not a great team. They've got so much potential up front, so much talent. They just, they've never, they've never been able to make it work all together. And the only reason uh, it kind of works for them is Messi. During the World Cup, he's the reason they reached the final. In the qualification, he's the reason they got through on the last game. And, and that's why I think it's going to be enough for them to get through the group stage, but not enough to finish first. And then I see them going maybe quarterfinal, uh, mm -hmm. not much further than that. Uh, and then I just want to talk about Nigeria a little. I, I really thought before the a few weeks ago that they, they would go through, maybe instead of even Argentina, uh, because they've been pretty impressive during uh, the qualification. The only thing is that over the last uh, few like friendlies, they've just they've shown nothing up front. They can't link up together. They've got a lot of really good young players, or not so young, even like with Obi Mikel. And individually, it's impressive to get together. It's just it's not it's not good at all. Like I think the game against England perfectly illustrates that, and and then the game against England also showed that defensively they're not quite ready yet. So that's why I don't see them making through. Yeah, speaking about Nigeria, um, it'd be a huge shame for them to go out of the group stage, especially with that beautiful kit that they're rocking this this season. Speaking about that game against England, um. It was kind of a difficult situation for Nigeria, especially because of the promise that England have. Um, I'm sure we're going to be coming to talk about them very soon. But I think you're right. This Nigeria team has a really uh, good mix of young talent and a bit more experience, but it's not really connecting. Um, I feel like they don't have that one midfield player who can sort of control the tempo of the match and really take the game by the scruff of the neck. And ultimately, I feel like that's why they'll be falling out um, in the group stage, which is quite sad. Um, but a really bold prediction there from you, but, um, saying that Argentina won't come first to the group. Um, I think I can hear all the Messi fanboys typing into the comments already. I mean, honestly, I, I, I hope they make it first, because then that means they'll face uh, the second of France's group, which probably won't be France. But if they finish <laughs> second, they will face France, who hopefully finishes first. And to be fair, I'd rather have... I said Croatia, I think, is a better overall team, uh, but just because of Messi on like a one-game basis, especially starting from the round of 16, where this is the kind of game where where Messi obviously shines the most, and I'd rather face any other team than Argentina, or at least any other team from this group than Argentina uh, in the round of 16. But but yeah, I think they won't make it first. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Um, I would be too. I would be so quick to write off Croatia though. Um, I mean, as a difficult component thinking of later on for them to face France. Um, Croatia could be really interesting. Um, they have good players across the pitch uh, and of course a few of their players coming off of, with a lot of confidence from winning the Champions League. So it'll be really interesting how that would possibly line up later on in the competition. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Croatia is they're one of the best teams in the, in the tournament. I mean, after the who I think is the top uh, four with uh, Germany, Spain, uh, Brazil, and then France a bit behind those three. Croatia in one of those teams like Belgium, uh, Argentina with like a good Messi, or even England that aren't expected to win it, but could possibly win it if they have a good run. And so yeah, that's why I think they're definitely a huge, uh, they have a huge chance of finishing first of this group. Uh, the only reason I say I don't think that I'd rather have a France uh, facing them than Argentina is because overall I think France has the strength, in, especially in the midfield and up front, to uh, to build a team like Croatia. But 
Yeah, they're definitely a, mm. a very good team. Yeah, some interesting stuff coming out of these two groups. But make sure you do comment in the bottom um, who do you think will come out on top or maybe you disagree with something that we've said. Let us know. We'd love to hear. So this marks the end of the second episode out of four of our pre-World Cup uh, lineup. Uh, thank you very much for listening. So if you haven't already, please listen to episode one. It, it was released on um, Thursday. And on Monday, we'll be releasing our third episode where we'll be discussing groups E and F. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on Monday. Bye.